right, and we are back here live. DC's Take 5. My name is Dan Baldwin. Here's my partner in crime, Carter Owen. Carter, how are you? I'm really excited, man. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. Oh, I never get goosebumps, and uh, right now, it's awesome. It's a great feeling because we have... I see, I see a little goosebumps. Because <laughs> we got a... Uh, chicken skin. Irish, <laughs> yeah, <you know>? I <laughs> hate you. But we got our first former player on the podcast in Trey Dickerson. Trey, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys? Well, awesome. Awesome. I mean... Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. We know you're working out a lot, and uh, we're excited to have you on. Yeah. No, man. Yeah, yeah, it's the power of Twitter, right? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> it's the power of us tweeting uh, angrily about Georgetown basketball. Yeah, look at that. We're united, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so first, basically, we want to hear a little bit more about you. If you could uh, talk about you know, your upbringing, where you came from, and a little bit about your story yeah. to help uh, inform our yeah. viewers like who you well, are. Yeah, I mean, for you, real quick, for those of you that don't know, Trey uh, was a graduate transfer who played for the Hoyas last year. Um, so we obviously think he has a lot of good insights on what the team is like, locker room is like, all that stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so I grew up playing in, uh, uh, I grew up playing in Queens, New York, um, played just, you know, just little AAU and stuff like that. And then I, I went to high school my freshman year and, uh, in, uh, Queens and then, you know, my cousins were more older. So, you know, I kind of was like, what? Hold up. Hold up. Wait. <laughs> Damn. Is he doing well? Yeah, my cousin Lamar. Yeah. So I went to the same high school that Lamar went to. He didn't graduate from that school. He had to transfer his senior year for uh, get like like eligible academically and stuff. So he went to Crazy King. We both went to yeah. the year. And uh basically, you know, I was kinda of distracted academic like like academic with academics and you know, a lot of distractions live in New York City. Mm-hmm. So no, he asked me to, you know, go to a prep school out there in LA. So I went to a prep school, you know, stayed on campus. It was like real, you know, real small school, probably like 100 students. Mm. So that's pretty much that's pretty much how I started. Uh, I changed coast, you know. I stayed in the dorms, didn't have my, my parents around, was far away. Um, and pretty much, you know, what from there, I just, you know, that's when everything started. You know, the whole journey of getting recruited and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's that like when you're by yourself all the way across the country and you got all these coaches coming up asking about you? Uh, to be honest with you, at, at first I loved it because it's like, you know, you control everything. Like, you don't have your mom mm-hmm. telling you what to do or anything like that. But then after a while, you be like, dang, like, how you start realizing how important family is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something a lot of people, especially like experts and pundits, so-called in basketball, they don't really understand. A lot of these kids, when they go and play, this is the first time away from their parents, and things can get pretty stressful at times. I mean, oh, I, I know my freshman year, I didn't know what the hell was going on on campus, and I didn't. Well, I wasn't even playing a sport. Yeah, for real. Yeah, we are not athletes, and college is still tough. Yeah, definitely. You know, because you don't have somebody right next to you. You know, everything is through a phone. Yeah. Like, it definitely gets tough, but, you know, as a basketball player, the more you grow, the more you get older, you know, you start to understand it more and start realizing, you know, what you sacrifice and do it for. Yeah, 100%. So what was it that first drove you to choose Iowa as your first school to commit to? Um, so what really drove me was, you know, I had a great relationship with the staff. Um, Coach Francis, you know, he's a, he's a Brooklyn, he was a Brooklyn, New York guy, you know, he lived in mm. Iowa, he was, he was my head recruiter besides Coach McCaffrey. And uh, basically, we just had, like, a great relationship. Like, we talked about a bunch of things outside of basketball. And, you know, when I went up there on my visit, I just 
I just like I just like the whole vibe and everything. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was the best place for me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and obviously you decided to transfer after your first year. What really went into that big decision to be the guy? I don't think this is the best place for me. I think I need to explore options elsewhere. Um, to be honest with you, when I was there, I had a, I had a, I had a, I was with a lot of veterans. You know, a lot of guys mm-hmm. who were seniors and juniors, and you know, honestly, always felt like your best teacher, you know, to actually go through it and, and play it instead of watching. I don't really think watching like is really the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Playing and playing and watching is a total different. And I felt like, you know, for me to do what's best for my career, and you know, to um, give myself a shot at playing professional, I felt like it was best, you know, to go elsewhere where it wasn't a lot of veterans. You know, I could kind of grow into the program and play through my mistakes and stuff like that. So that's pretty much where um, yeah, hundred percent to leave. I mean, that was that was a pre. If I remember correctly, this is 2015. That was a good team, right? They had Jared Utoff and they had Petter Jock. A lot of good bigs, a lot of bodies. Yeah. We had Aaron White, you know, a couple guys like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then obviously your next step was South Dakota. So obviously a little bit of a, a little bit of a jump right there. And, you know, what really f- made you desire to join that program? What what was kind of in your mindset in that decision to be, okay, I'm going to go out. <laughs> I'm going to go out in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, and uh, revive my career. Um, yeah, so, like, basically, you know, a lot of people don't know, like, my junior college coach, he was assistant coach at South Dakota, and the head coach, Coach Smith, he was he, he recruited me at Nebraska. He was a, they was actually the first uh, high major school to offer me. And uh, Nebraska was in my top five when I chose Iowa. And he was part of the reason why they were in my top five. And he just ended up taking the South Dakota job, which is why yeah. I honestly didn't take my visit to Nebraska. Once I realized he was leaving, I kind of, um, you know, I kind of, you know, felt lean more toward Iowa because mm-hmm. he wasn't there anymore. So that's part of it. That's the main reason why I went to South Dakota. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely seemed like a good move, to be honest. You're playing a lot more minutes, if I remember correctly. A lot of highlight plays. We saw uh, right before uh, the dunk you had against was IUPUI, right? Yep. Yeah. That's impressive, man. I was thinking, I was like, he's a little bit of a small guard. I don't know if he can yam or not. And then that shut me up. Not that he can get up there. I should have got up there a couple times at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, what was it like playing for South Dakota? Seems like there's more opportunity. Um, you know, playing for South Dakota, you know, we had a, we had a, we had a young team, but we had a guy like a team full of guys who were like hungry you know we had a lot of guys who wanted to prove themselves I also came in with two other uh, transfers that came from uh, like like bigger conferences mm-hmm. Matt Mooney who's the point guard at Texas mm-hmm. Tech now grad transfer oh yeah okay yeah it's like me and uh, me and Matt you know, we, we sat out together and you know we were the backcourt the star backcourt and then we also had Carlton Hurst that went to um, Colorado State yeah yeah. So we had like a bunch of dudes who you know came from you know bigger conferences and you know we all three sat out together and I felt like that brought us together and you know we just worked out a lot together you know we got we got that chemistry and then you know we we kind of did our thing in the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's one thing we were curious about. Having to sit out for a year, how does that affect your relationship with the players who are currently playing? Because obviously Omer is going through that right now here at Georgetown. So what was your perspective on that? It seems like you had a good experience doing it. Yeah, yeah like I had a good experience doing it. You know, you, you just got to realize that, you know, a lot, like, like it's, it's real tough because, you know, now you're just watching, you know, you're sitting out a whole year, so you try to help guys 
you know, the best way you can by, you know, telling them, um, you know, what you see on the court, you know, what can help them. But also, it's kind of tough because every game, you know, you just sitting there watching, you know, you mm-hmm. see your team losing, you want to be out there, you want to help and stuff like that. But, you know, you just got to, you know, you just got to stay motivated and look at the bigger picture. And um, I think the biggest thing that got me better in my redshirt year was taking practice way more seriously because, like, that's mm-hmm. the game. That's mm-hmm. Mm. It's interesting. Team and everything like that. So everything is like is serious when, when it comes to practice. You know, when guys, you know, I feel like sometimes you know guys who are playing, you know, you can take practice for granted sometimes. Like, oh, it's practice. Like, I just want to play mm. the game. You, know, you start appreciating it more. It's awesome you mentioned that because after the Butler loss this season in the post game presser, that's literally what Max said. Yeah. He said it all starts in practice. We got to get that energy up and start consistently playing better. Then, yeah, that's been mentioned a lot, even by Ewing. A couple mm-hmm. times, he's been like, you know, we didn't have good practices. I think it was before the Nova loss, the the first one. Okay, um, that's that's a good insight. That's a good insight. I didn't really think about that either, to no. be honest. Yeah, so it kind of it, 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 like it kind of matures you more, to be honest. Mm. You start, you know, you start realizing. Mm. It's got to be like, you know, when you're there too, and you got to. You know, you can't take things for granted like that. It seems like there's a lot of internal motivation, right? That it is what keeps you going, keeps you through. Um, exactly, exactly. You think that's something that you've always had? I mean, you've been through the transfer process a lot, so it's yeah. definitely helped you, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no, it definitely helped me because you know, when you go through a situation and it don't work out for what you wanted it to, you know, you, you either like I feel like you either go about it two two ways. You know, some people blame others. Or some people decide to like get better mm-hmm. and try to prove themselves right at the next opportunity they like they go to. So I feel like it's always like I feel like it was always in me or whatever, which is why um, you know I always like play with a chip on my shoulder and stuff like that. Because I always just, you know I always felt like if you want to play something, you know you always want to try to be the best at it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, got to take life by the ball sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now. You got a big opportunity when you were playing at South Dakota. You actually got a chance to play in the NIT tournament against your former team. Yeah. <laughs> what was that experience like? Oh, no, that experience, like, it was honestly great. You know, we, we honestly was upset. You know, we, you know, we finished the Thunder League as a regular season champ, and then, you know, we lost in the conference tournament, which is, you know, mid you got to win the conference to go to the tournament. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of down about that, but then looked at the NIT uh, bracket or whatever, and I, we saw Iowa, like, it, it, it made everybody, you know, get back up, and then we had to really appreciate, you know, that we were still playing, you know, a lot of, a lot of teams, you know, stopped playing after the conference tournament, so we had to appreciate that, and honestly, I was just, I was just excited to get back playing there, you know, we, I had a good year there, I talked to Cody, so, you know, I just wanted to go, go there and try to, you know, play well and try to win. You, you had a pretty good game in that one, too. I'm looking at it yeah. now, you had, like, Pretty all around. You got double digit points, rebounds, assists, yeah. knocking down those free throws too. Yeah. Yeah. As a as a tough loss though, I bet. Yeah, and no, I was definitely tough. It was definitely tough. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of marked the next step in your long, uh, long winding journey yeah. in your basketball career, and that's how you ended up here at Georgetown, right? Yeah. It's not definitely definitely. So. This is something that we're, I mean, we love this stuff. We're so curious. How did Ewing almost, like, court you to coming into, uh, to come to Georgetown? Yeah. How was that process like? <laughs> All right, so the process was, um, you know, pretty much, at, after, you know, having a decent year in South Dakota, you know, I always, 
know, I always wanted to play against the best, and I felt like, you know, I, I knew I was going to graduate early, and I was like, you know what, I really want to go back playing, you know, high major, you know, against, like, the best competition. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, you know, like, like, I went down a level, you know, I had some accomplishments, but, I, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, evaluate myself against the best talent, you know, with a year left. Mm -hmm. And also, my South Dakota coach was getting a couple job offers, like, Mm -hmm. After we had that year, because you know, the first year South Dakota ever won the Summit League regular uh, season title and stuff like that, so it was a lot of stuff going on. There was a lot of stuff like with movements and stuff like that, and I felt like you know, if my coach was gonna leave, I definitely was gonna leave. So when he was thinking about it, you know, I just felt like you know it was best. I didn't think it was a bad idea. And then uh, Coach Kirby actually called me, and he's like, um, you know, we're real interested. You know, we know you uh got a grad transfer, you know. We want you to come up here on a visit. And then I remember Coach Pat called me. I was I was in study hall. And he was like, this time is you. And I was like, somebody, I, I like literally told him, like, stop playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want a prank call. Come on. I literally told him, like, stop playing with me. And he's like, he's like, no, this is this is Patrick Ewing. Like, I'm like, wow. And then he called my mom. And then my mom was like, to tell, like she told me, like, to tell my friend to stop joking around with her. And, like, she was shocked, too, and then he was just like, no, like, I want you guys to come on a visit and stuff like that, and, you know, it just went from there. Man, that's crazy. What was your visit like out at Georgetown? What did you really do with uh, Coach Ewing? Um, you know, it, it pretty much was, uh, like, a get-to-know session, really. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I went up there, the guys, some of them were there. I was on a visit with a couple of, with two other recruits, Chris Sodom and, uh, and then um, I forgot the, the kid's name, but Jay Z's nephew that plays for Washington now, whatever. Hmm. Plays for Washington now. Yeah. Uh, Nas. Nas Carter. Oh, oh yep. yeah. Is that was that was that Jay Z's nephew? Was that the dude? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Jay Z's nephew. So like, he's got balance, bro. Coach Pat and them just kept talking about it. We were just like laughing. You know, we went to dinner. Uh, when I went there, you know, a couple former guys came back up. Uh, you know, Marcus Derrickson was up there. Yeah. He was a former guy then. But, you know, you got Otto come up there and Jeff Green. And then we were all in the weight room just talking. And I was just like, it felt very, like, oriented, family yeah. oriented. And then, and then the Celtics had practice there. So I was like, wow, like, this is a good <laughs> So yeah. I was like, I don't know. I just talked to Coach Pat a lot. We, we had a great conversation about the game. You know, he was telling me how you think I could fit, fit in and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much uh, how everything went. What was his pitch to you? What did he say, you know, like, as a guard, right, having the ball in your hands a lot? Um, in the team last year that was really led by the bigs, what was yeah. what did he, What did was the pitch, you know? Um, so the pitch was like, um, pretty much he just told me, he, he watched a lot of film on me, he saw how, like, successful I was at South Dakota, he felt like with the, with the tools and the abilities that I could, that I have, like, you know, just with the speed and everything, the mm. speed of the dribble, he felt like, you know, he could make me a, to a better play and I could really help this team, you know, which needs a point guard and stuff like that. And um, pretty much he told me, he's like, he's like, yeah, I know how to coach guards. Just because I was big don't mean I don't know how to coach guards. Mm. He started laughing. He was like, you know, I, you know, I coached Kemba for a few years. You know, I worked with Kemba. So then, you know, he's like, you know, that's a New York guy too. So oh, yeah. you know, we pretty much just talked about that. And then he was telling me, you know, about ball screens and stuff like that, how to read stuff. And, you know, he's been around it. So, you know, honestly, it was, it was just an honor. Speaking of Kemba, we kind of see, uh, we were talking about your game, we were watching a lot of your highlights, and you actually kind of remind us of him a little bit, like, 
given like your sp- your stability, toughness, and like your quickness, especially attacking in transition and your ability to finish through contact, where where does all that come from? You're a smaller guard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, pretty much, you know, growing up, I always played like multiple sports, so I feel like, you know, that speed and athleticism, I feel like it came from when I when I like when I was playing football, mm. and then I and then like high school, I kind of put my all into you know basketball, and I you know, or whatever, but I basically used football to like get faster, get stronger, more athletic, and stuff like that. So, I pretty much think that's where it came from. What position were you when you played? I was a, I was a running back. Yeah, that's not yeah, surprising that's at all. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You go up, you sometimes, we saw in some of your finishes, especially when you had like the little dipsy dudes, you'd cradle the ball a little bit. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely been playing running back. Yeah. It's got to be a little bit of a New York thing too, right? I mean... Uh, Dan and I are from like near the city, so we we played pickup in there a couple times. Uh, what's your favorite place to play? Um, yeah, my favorite place to play is. Alright, we're talking about parks, or we talking about like arenas or something? No, we're talking about parks. Yeah. Parks, parks. Alright, so I would definitely say Rucker Park. Mm. Damn, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll never be good enough to play there. Everybody. Oh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was saying, because that, you know, the toughness thing, I feel like a lot of these New York guards, right, you think of Kemba, mm-hmm. you think of him, even Shimori, a yep. little bit, right, they, 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 all have a sh- they all have a chip. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, here's a quick question for you. Ewing is a coach. Carter and I are, be- are each big, uh, big coach Ewing fans, mm-hmm. but he likes to play fast, and was that something that he really... Uh, spoke to you about seeing how talented you were in transition, how you always had your eyes set on, I'm going to break through the defense at full speed. Was that something that he really liked in you? Yeah, that's something he actually pitched me on my visit. He was like, the, the way I play up tempo, that's how he want to play. He want to change the, you know, the, uh, he, he, he wanted to change out of the person. That was what he was like, that's pretty much what he pitched to me a lot. He was like, you know, I want to play up tempo like the NBA and stuff like that, a lot of ball screen and stuff like that, and a lot of transition. Like, I don't want you guys looking at me to run a play or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, 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 soon as, like, the first thing was to pitch it ahead, see if we could get an early layup. If not, then we would bring it back home and then uh, run an offense. That's, that's pretty much everything he pitched me about the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about your relations with the uh, pl- with the players on the team last year? I remember you were up at the Seton Hall game. Obviously, you were hanging out with uh, Mike Bacon, but you said that Marcus Derrickson was going to go out there, and you said you were hanging out with him during the pitch in the gym. So what was your relationship with Marcus like? Oh, you know, Marcus is like a brother. You know, he pretty mm. much wanted to go to the Seton Hall game, but, you know, due to some of his scheduling, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't like – the time it was just kind of messed up. Yeah. We had to, we ended up just staying because, you know, we planned on going to the Seen Hall games and going up to Georgetown like two days later, just staying up there for like two days during the little all-star break. But uh, his, his schedule kind of got jammed up. Yeah, he's but, got know, that NBA you know, life now. Yeah. So Marcus and I, you know, we're like brothers. You know, we were roommates last year. So we mm. pretty much got close to like, and like that whole year, you know, we, we, we talked literally every day, FaceTime or something. And, you know, we just talk about the Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of the team now, we were really we were we were interested in uh, asking you this. Do you see yourself in any of the younger guards, particularly James, Mac, Javon, one of them? I definitely see myself. I, I definitely see myself in Javon. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely see myself in Mac. Um, I definitely see myself in Javon. Um, I definitely see myself in Mac. Um, I definitely see myself in Javon. Um
I would say in James' shoes, kind of, because, mm-hmm. you know, we both bad, you know, got to control the team. Uh, we both have, like, you know, real good speed. I feel like James is going through the same thing I kind of went through. My first few games at La Jolla, um, playing at different speeds, knowing when to go, when not to go, mm-hmm. when to bring it back out, you know. Those type of things are just learning lessons that he'll obviously he already he like he's already been making a a, a change and you know he, he he got a lot better at from the beginning of the season. You no, know, sometimes I feel like he played a little too fast and he didn't really know. But that's part of being a seventeen year old freshman. Yeah, you know. So I feel like, and I had that same problem. So you know, and I didn't really understand until like the last few games in the Big East. So yeah. I feel like that huge change. You know, definitely James. Like I definitely see myself in James' shoes. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, speaking of, you're talking about this adjustment, right? Uh, I remember last year, one of the biggest wins y'all had was uh, against Butler, right? That was on the road. And you had an amazing game in that one. Yeah. Yeah, what you have? You had like 20 or something? Yeah, I like, like 18 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obvious, right, you know, that there's an adjustment for guards in the Big East. And what have you seen, at least in James and Mac, maybe, I mean, the, the team in general, right, over the course of the Big East? play so far? Um, to be honest, you know, I, I, I've seen a drastic change in the, you know, uh, especially the young guys, you know, obviously the block always plays good, like, cause just because you play with energy. So you mm-hmm. play with energy, I feel like you're going to have your hustle plays, you're gonna, you know, you're going to score a lot of points just off, your, like, just off your hustle. That's something you can control and, you know, I think he's big time on that. With Matt, you know, Matt, when Matt is aggressive, you know, Matt is hard to cover and I, I think when Matt is aggressive, like, it's a whole different, like, they're a whole different team when Mac is aggressive. I think they're, like, ten times better. Yeah. Just because he's another guy who could create off the dribble, and then, you know, a lot of teams got to worry about him, and then, you know, they step up when he drives, you know, he does drop off for Desi to, you know, get easy points for Josh to get easy points. With James, I, I feel like James got a lot smarter this season. You know, I feel like mm. he don't force anything, you know, his turnovers cut down, mm. he make the right plays. You know, he just had a huge learning adjustment, you know, being, like I said, like, being a 17-year-old freshman in the Big East, like, he got a lot of control, you know, a lot of power, and, you know, that power becomes responsibility, so I think he took responsibility, and he's playing well. I really think, as a team, I think they need to just, honestly, I think they need to, you know, approach every game the same way. I feel like when they play, like, the Villanovas or the Marquette, they bring it. Mm-hmm. Because they know it's a big time game, and I feel like you know we gotta bring that type of thing, type of energy against the Creightons. Oh man, fuck Creighton, bro! <laughs> like, yo, oh my god, we're just we don't play them well at all, man. Did you watch the game yesterday? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it. Oh man, I'm sorry you wasted two hours of your day. <laughs> no, it was definitely tough. What you? I mean, what did you see in that one? I mean, we, we've talked a lot, me in particular. I think Creighton's our worst matchup of anyone in the Big East because they bring out our worst habits, I feel like, especially on defense. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I, even playing against them last year, I know playing against them is pretty much hard because they move the ball around. Like, they're not going like, to take a bad shot. It's rare that they take bad shots. They use literally the whole shot clock. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, being locked in, every possession is Damn near 25 seconds is like, you know, that kind of hurts our team right now. Because, you know, they, they do a lot of backdooring and, you know, they share the ball, they shoot a lot of threes. And then when they're hitting threes, like, they're really tough to guard. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the start of the game, they came out and it was basically a right hook to the temple with a quick 8 nothing run. And we kind of recovered, though. We took the lead. I think it was like 22-21. Mount Askey yeah, was hitting yeah, threes early. And then this random dude, Caleb Joseph, comes out and looks like Kyrie Dam Irving. I mean, one, one thing that we always talk about, Trey, is how there seems to be a random dude on the oh, other team God. who always just seems to cook us. When it comes to just having like career nights or whatever, what do you think the deal was yesterday trying to guard Caleb Joseph? Because I mean, he just looked unstoppable from start to finish. I think honestly, I think honestly, he's a guy who haven't been really playing that much this year for them, or hasn't been one of their main guys. So I feel like they like we put a lot of like we basically like put too much thought into stopping. I think his name is Alexander. Yeah, Tyshawn. Tyshawn Alexander. Yeah, he he Alexander. burned us last game. I, I think we put too much see what happens. This happened, I mean, even in like the early conference or non-conference games we played, it would be a random dude like on Richmond or something, right? <laughs> Nine threes. Or, yeah, yeah Jack, that, Jake Wojak. Yeah. <laughs> that dude. And it's just, I don't know, I feel like that's just us. You know? I mean, I'm sure it happens to other teams, but yeah. it's just, it's, that's the hoyest thing, man. It is. You definitely gotta respect yeah, one thing we do, we wish you were on campus because after that Nova game, Trey, I mean, there was a there was a noticeable shift in energy when it came to, like, the student body population and attitudes towards the team. Because this dude, Andy Katz, he's a big-time bracketologist for CBS, put us as the last team in the tournament at playing Alabama in a playing game. And social media was going nuts. The campus was excited. And there was, like, a noticeable shift. Like, I'm a senior right now, so... That was the first time we had beaten Villanova during our four years. So, yeah. do you feel that optimism about the way this program is moving in the right direction, even though you're not necessarily on campus right now? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see it. It's still like, it's still like everyone is getting back engaged, you know, supporting Georgetown basketball, you know, especially with the with the freshman recruits we just had come in, and I hopefully you know we get you know even more like. <laughs> Call <it. laughs> Yeah, I just found one of your tweets, bro. You said, how in the world is Caleb Joseph cooking us? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't like that one bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... I'm going to retweet that real quick. <laughs> from One thing that's fun about Carter, Trey, is that Carter doesn't have social media, so he's running the Student Meditation Center Twitter. <laughs> yeah, all their searches are just Hoyas, Knicks, Mac McClung, you know, all that. It's funny. <laughs> So I, I got a question though about this year because I know you've been following the team for a while. You're really active with it. Um, what where do you think we go now? I mean, it seems like our you know the chances are really slim that we make it into the tournament, right? I mean, I wouldn't really I, I wouldn't really say that right now, bro. Like honestly, mm. I feel like you know you focus on one game at a time, 
and you try to put yourself in the best position for the Big East tournament. And then I say the Big East tournament, you know, we're gonna have to win two, two or better. And then I feel like, you know, from there, depending on how we finish up the regular season, I feel like from there, you know, it can honestly be like a like. It's, I feel like there's a possible chance of you know making a dance, honestly. Especially with, with them saying you know seeing Hall has a has a huge chance, and I feel like they only really beat. Kentucky, which is not like one of the best Kentucky, like better Kentucky teams this year. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't feel like like obviously Kentucky's always going to be Kentucky. Everybody yeah. always you know hype them up, but I feel like you know they have more bad losses than they have good wins. So I feel mm-hmm. like we definitely have a chance. Is there one team in the Big East that you look at and say, "Lord, I don't want any part of them come March," or are you not afraid of anyone right now? Yeah, I have one team. I have one team. Uh, Georgetown. <laughs> oh, damn! Damn, we were, we were going to ask you to spit some hot takes at the end, but there we go. <laughs> so what? Do you, what, what about this team? makes you believe that they'll be so dangerous come March? I feel like they'll I feel like they'll become more dangerous because the mindset we have in March is, you know, any second it could be over. Like mm-hmm. the season could be done after any game. And um, I think with this team, you know, they have a bunch of toughness. You know, James is tough, Mac is tough, you know, through the whole time five is tough. I feel like Caleb's been uh doing great as a senior. Like For real? Yes. and I feel like he's been doing really well playing his role. You know, I feel like Jagan, you know, he goes out there, he runs the show, he, you know, he finds guys. I feel like Greg is going to be locked in, you know, he's a fifth year. So, at any point, you know, his college career could be over. So, uh-huh. I feel like the whole momentum change changes when you hit March because now it gets serious. Like, around this time, teams either get worse or they, or, you know, or they get better. And, they, mm. you know, they showed how good they can be when they beat Villanova and it wasn't even close. Yeah, and we outclassed them in every sense of the word yeah. that came. And we've seen this team respond when seemingly their backs are against the wall. I mean, I don't think anybody really expected us to go and blow the doors off of the defending champs after getting really just decimated against Seton Hall. Oh yeah, in what was probably Ewing's one of his worst losses as a head coach. But yeah. one player I do want to ask you about is Jesse. Jesse is by and large easily the most talented player on the team. What was your opinion of him when you played with him and what have you seen out of him this year? Obviously he's been through some ups and downs, had his worst game this season against Villanova and then had his best game this season against <laughs> Villanova. So what do you think of Jesse as a player? I think that I think honestly think Jesse's a great player, you know. I think I think uh, I think Jesse's real versatile, you know, he can he can shoot it, you know, he can score in the paint and you know he kinda helps yeah, he kind of helps the guards, honestly, because he can pick and pop or he can pick and roll. I think Jesse's whole thing is that, you know, he's a senior that could, you know, that, you know, Jesse's going to have a shot at making an NBA. And I feel like for this for this team, when Jesse's playing active and he, you know, he, he, he's blocking shots and, you know, he, his, his motor is hot, yeah. the team is a whole different level and he's a whole different player. I feel like he's the best big in the country when he plays like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean he is on the shortlist for the um, the Kareem Award. Yes, and he's I think he's got a good shot at winning that. Ewing was talking yeah, about that a little big, bit. Best big in the country. Yeah, yeah. Best one. Heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So you, the one thing you mentioned in that uh, statement though is like when Jesse's active, when mm-hmm. he's focused. What's the key to keeping him in that good mental state? Consistently, because come Big East tournament time, we're going to need an active Jesse every single game. 
I think the whole thing is, you know, it's just, you know, treating a big, like, uh, treating a big well, you know, you know, big, you know, they, they, they got to get dirty. They got to rebound. They got to block shots. So I think it's really about keeping them happy. You know, Jesse want to score. But, yeah. You know, giving him the ball is, I feel like, is something that's, you know, going to keep him going. And then also, you know, just being positive as a teammate, you know, when they call, you know, silly fouls on him or anything like that, not letting it really get to him as a player. And, you know, just putting it to the side, like, come on, like, we're going to move forward. I feel like that's one of the biggest things. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think another thing, too, like, if you're thinking about it, in order to get the big, the ball, you sometimes got to get over these long help defenders, right, that are either trying to push him out of his spot or double-team him as soon as he gets it. Creighton did that a lot. And as a shorter guard, that can sometimes be tough. And we've seen Mac and James struggle with it a little bit, right, if they're trying to throw those hook passes to get it in, in the post. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how, do you think, how do you think they get better at that? Oh, you know, really just practice. Like, honestly, you know, going at each other in practice because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have to make that pass. You know, you're going to have to see them. And, and I feel like, honestly, I feel like they've been doing it a lot better lately, you know, making passes and, you know, playing together. And um, I feel like, you know, it all comes down to practice, you know. Like, practice is real hard at Georgetown. And, and okay. everyone, knows, everyone knows why. So, yeah, I remember a quote from like the beginning of the year. Someone was saying, uh, I think it was Jagan. He was like, they were like, uh, he was like, oh, I thought we ran a lot last year until we started running this year. That's, yeah, Jagan <laughs> said that. Yeah, it, se- it seems like Ewing uh, runs you guys into the ground. It's a tough practice, right? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like you go through practice, and then right after practice, you go straight to conditioning. Like it's that type of stuff. So you'll be in a two, three hour practice, sometimes four, and then you go from playing because a lot of the practice is, is scrimmaging. Yeah. And then you go from that and straight into you know conditioning. So. Oh my it's god. Like back to back. That's crazy. I and mean, one thing we have noticed is that Jesse's conditioning for a big is phenomenal. Yeah. It never seems like he really gets tired because he runs the floor so well on both ends, mm-hmm. especially in transition as a trailing big. But one thing I did want to ask you was what – how would you describe Jesse's leadership personality? Obviously, he's not necessarily the most demonstrative person on the court. Is he more of a leader by example? Is he just more vocal than we realize? Jesse's more of a – I feel like you have a bunch of different types of leaders, right? Like Mark Derrickson last year, he was one of those guys who would say something. Like he was like 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 he was real verbal. Mm-hmm. Jesse's one of those guys who like he he want to lead by his actions. He's not gonna really say much. Like Jesse's not a crazy talkative guy when it comes on the court. He's like pretty much like you know this is like you guys know what we're, like what we're here to do. So let's yeah. do it. Yeah. That 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 that's more like Jesse. Mm-hmm. So who do you who do you look at right now on this young team and say? This person is primed to step up, especially after next year, and to become that prime vocal leader that this team needs going forward. I would say James and Josh. I would say James and Josh because I feel like when Josh comes out there, he's dunking, he's talking, and you know he he he's he yelling at the crowd and he's talking or whatever. I think dunk or you know do a highlight play or a huge block or something. I feel like you know that that, that gets them going. You know he 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 has the the keys to be that leader. And I think James, you know, as a point guard, you know, you can see him, you know, out there trying to be vocal and stuff like that. And so I think those two guys are, you know, are the guys that are going to really impact that. I feel like Mac is more of a 
Mac just go out there and, and does Mac, you know? Mm-hmm. He goes out there, he gets buckets. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, Matt, they, all three of them certainly fear no one. Yeah. And yeah. that's another thing we wanted to ask you. As a, as a recruiter for Ewing, Carter and I have always – we kind of detected trends that Pat seems to like kids, and you're included in this category, people who seem to have like an unburning internal desire to get better, really self-motivated people who want to come in, and they motivate themselves. Yeah. They have that internal passion, like, I want to get better. The fire. Would you say that's true? That's definitely true because um... – when I was on my visit, you know, pretty much everybody when I was on the team last year, everybody had a conversation. We, we all had separate meetings with Coach Pat, and he asked, you know, what you want to do with your life. Like, you want to continue to play basketball after college and stuff like that. And once he asks you that, like, 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 once he has that meeting with you, he asks you, you know, if you want to play basketball for the rest of your life or whatever, or like, or like how, how, how long you can, like, he holds you to that in practice. So like mm-hmm. if you're at BS in the practice, like I, I, I like I've heard him call out Jesse a couple times, call out me, call out Mark, and he really tells you like whatever you met with him about and told him, he'd be like that ain't gonna get you there and stuff like that. And you also had guys like our freshman last year, Jamarco lived in the gym. Like Jamarco go to the gym from ten, and I would see him coming back to Village J at one. My God. So like, yeah. So like we had a team full of guys that you know you're you're at Georgetown, so you know that you know. One big season can like literally put you on the map. Yeah, kind of change your life. So yeah. I feel like yeah. we do get, we do have a lot of guys that you know take it serious and put in extra time with themselves. And uh, I feel like that's real. That's real huge in recruitment, and that's real huge in you know program development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, what did you say to Ewing when he asked you about that? Um. Yeah. Like I told him, you know, like I want to play professional. Like I want to have transferred here. I wanted to you know give it up after. After college, you know, I was just stayed at South Dakota, so I came here, and uh, you know he pretty much he pretty much he pretty much held me to my word and my and my goals. And he, he never let me cheat myself, even when I like even when I got down on myself. He knew how to like he knew how to motivate me, but he also knew how to keep me confident. And I feel like especially with, like the, the way I started at Georgetown, like a lot of people don't really know, like I was injured the whole summer. Like I didn't get back playing until October, so I sat wow. out from like June to like. October, like, like probably like three weeks before our first game, and I never got hurt in college, so, so like it was a huge adjustment to me. Like I came back, I wasn't as fast right away. I was trying to get in crazy shape, and uh, I pretty much struggled. I, I pretty much struggled the first half of the season and stuff like that. But you know, Coach Pat never gave up on me, and I started playing a lot well, a lot well, like uh, like a lot better. Honestly, mm-hmm. I started playing a lot better second half of the season. Because, you know, Coach Pat, you know, he kept that confidence in me and he kept talking to me daily. You know, he used to tell me to come to his office. And uh, I think that was a huge part because, at, at, like, at the fifth year, a lot of coaches, you know, they have a whole different rotation. When you get toward the end of the season, you're going into March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen that, too, even, right, with the starting lineup throughout this year. It's changed a lot. Yeah. Mm. So, I think he's real huge on that. Like, Coach Pat, is real, he's real good at that. Yeah. And, um, I think that I think any player will want to play for him, just because he's gonna always shoot it straight to you. He's gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I think I think we both see that even from the interviews. Like that's that's real clear. Yeah, and we can see that. I, I think one player we've ke- we kept going going back to is Jamarco, the one you said it, it, earlier this season. It seemed like Pat was you know, in, especially in post game interviews, like Jamarco's got to step up. He's got to step up and. 
eventually, you know, he, he Jamarco's playing as well as he ever has. And he had a, he had a tough shooting game yesterday, but played great against Butler. He's playing a lot more confident on offense, and he's turned into a weapon defensively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's definitely been playing a lot better this year, and I think it's honestly experience and confidence. Yeah, yeah, we're someone we both we both have like kind of a strange love for Jamarco. Like we want to see him succeed really badly. Oh yeah, and, and Ewing's given him a lot of tough love. Yeah, now he definitely he definitely showed Jamarco a lot of tough love. No, he showed that he showed everyone everyone a lot of tough love. Like I know I know like. Jamarco used to go to gym a lot last year. You know, he grinded it out. And, you know, to see a guy like that who's dedicated, like, you just want to see him do well. And he's a guy, you know, who, you know, he really holds himself accountable. And he really, like, Jamarco, one of those the guys, like, you can't talk to him right after a loss or something like that. Like, it, it really it really gets them. Mm, he's a guy who's wow. really dedicated, take everything serious. And, you know, he go, about, he go about things the right way. So, I always, you know, definitely want to see Jamarco, you know, do his thing. And, you know, and I feel like he took took a huge stride this year because, you know, I see a lot of, on Twitter, a lot of people downplayed him, downplayed him in the beginning of the season, you know, he took, I feel like, honestly, he was better defensively than he was offensively this year. And yes, yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah, now he's getting the offense part down, Pat. 100%. Yeah, you see, whenever Ewan needs to shut down a dominant wing player, Jamarco will go on him and basically eliminate him. You saw what he did against Alpha Diallo at yeah. Providence. He shot him down, and Diallo's good. Yeah, like, and his length and stuff like that, he has the ability to it. I think he's been, you know, he's been using it. He's, you know, he's a lot, he's, he's smarter, more experienced, and I feel like, you know, he's going to be a huge key to this team and this program. Yeah, we got some, like, Slender Man type players now. Oh, right? yeah. With him and Josh, it's like Slim Reapers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's life, man. Um, but how do you think? How do you think you improved under Ewing? You obviously talk about him really highly, but what do you think he helped you with on the court? Honestly, he helped me in every way. Uh, I would say to get into details, I would say just being a smarter player. Like he, he showed me, like you can't just go out there and just go back and forth with teams. Sometimes you know, he, 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 I watched a lot of film with him and Coach Kirby. Mm. And uh, it was pretty much about changing speed, you know. At the beginning of the year, I think every game, my first like ten, twelve games, I used to get like a charge, at least a, at least at least a charge or two. And he used to pretty much have me work out with Coach Wallace. Nice work on speed dribbling, slow down, stop, floater, stuff like that. Instead of just going to the basket and like you guys said, like using that left and trying to run through people and finish through people, mm. you know, because that's a, like a, like the smarter team take charges and you know you find yourself on the bench or really you know hurting your team in that way so he pretty much helped me with the with the um knowing the game learning the game when to slow it up when to go fast when to attack when not to attack uh getting up extra shots and honestly our whole team realized that we found out how important being conditioned was like being in top notch shape mm-hmm. was and like it made it made it a lot easier for us because be honest with you, games were easier than practice. Like, just because we knew we were going to run a lot, we knew we were going to compete the whole time, we knew we were going to go up and down for a couple hours. So when the games came, you know, we, we pretty much was in shape. And that was just about, you know, because you want to be honest, like, we we messed up a lot of games last year off, like, one or two possessions, like, that was close games, like, like that we probably could have went either way. Yeah. Like, yeah. the Xavier game, at Xavier, like, we were winning that game before. Like, oh, man. Seconds. 
Yo, I had forgotten about that. Thank uh, you for bringing that up. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh, boy. It was, it was like, it was like, it was like, it was like uh, there were like six games we like blew, honestly. Like, I remember, I remember that David game specifically because they were like number five in the country. And I remember we was up four and then blew it, got that hand one three. Yeah, yeah, bro. Oh. Trevon blew it. The dude's a stone, a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, and I think this year, you know, they they figured it out with a lot of young guys. Yeah, they're at a great, you know, time for Georgetown basketball. Yeah, it took them some time too. Like they learned the hard way, you know, at Syracuse. Yeah. So, but you know, you you see them like that Xavier game earlier this year here. Capital One was James turned it on and put up twenty two in the second half. They they have closers now. Yeah. yeah, but we want to talk about your future a little bit. You said that uh, you want to keep playing at a high level. Um, what are your plans when it comes to basketball? Oh, yeah, so um, pretty much I'm, 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 I'm um, thinking about I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm thinking about three deals right now. You know, I'm probably going to finish from March to about June, playing to playing in that or whatever. Then next year I might, you know, I might get into the – I might do the uh, NBA G League, try to go, try to go that route. Mm-hmm. Really depend on how I finish up, but yeah, I'm just you know pretty much figuring everything out. Coach Pat's been helping me with my process and everything, so um, I had to come back because my dad got sick. So I came back. I came back home from uh, Cyprus where, where I was playing my first my first uh, contract. Yeah. So I came back or whatever. So now you know now my dad's doing a lot better, and you know now I can get back playing. And, you know I just basically focused on finishing out finishing out this season. You know then everything else. You know. Whatever opportunity comes, you know, I'll look at it and see what's best for me. Yeah. Yeah, with that being said, we uh, we re- we wish you all the best, man. We're rooting for you. Everybody here is rooting for you. 100%, man. Once a Hoya, always a Hoya, you know? <laughs> no, I appreciate that, man. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, but before we before we let you go, we appreciate you coming on. Well, I know you already gave us that, uh, that little hot take about Georgetown in the tournament, but uh, we want to hear one more flaming hot take about the team. <laughs> That's what that's what we love to do here. Something wild. Yeah. I'm all for it too. Something brazy. I mean, do you have any off the top of your head? We could maybe off the top of my head. I think I think Mac averages twenty a game next year. I say, I say Mac averages over. I say Mac averages over twenty. James averages double double. Georgetown win the DG championship this year and next year. Tell anybody who tell anybody who don't believe me, you know. Catch you on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah we'll, we'll drop the handle right quick. It's at nls underscore td. <laughs> Absolutely. You looking for prime Georgetown basketball takes? Go follow that account. Yeah. Seriously, man. That's some good stuff right here. I don't. Know, I think Josh is going to be nasty next year. I think once he gets that jumper to fall consistently, he's going to be a weapon inside out. And I like the James take too. James is already, you can see, he's already, even in like games where he just doesn't look entirely right, he's still at eight assists yesterday. So when he starts playing consistently at a really high level, this kid's going to be one of the nastiest distributors in the big, probably, co- probably college in basketball. College period, yeah. Yeah, and he's 18 definitely, now too. Definitely, that's because, you know, the way he could create. And um, you never know, man. Cole Anthony might be. He might, he might come to the hilltop. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, man. 
I don't know when he's going to decide. Probably after the tournament, I think. Yeah, you're right. He probably wants to see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love him. That'd be a good problem to have. I know I know. James and Mac want that smoke. For <laughs> like, come on. We need this. Yeah. Yeah, but we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on, Trey. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Best of luck with the uh, best of luck with the contracts. Keep working mm-hmm. hard. All right, thanks. I definitely will. You guys keep doing your thing. Yeah. We appreciate it, man. Sure. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the day, bro. All right, thanks. Well, you guys. See ya. And there you have it. That was that was uh, that was good stuff. It was. He was awesome. Yeah, he was so awesome, man. Uh, we're really getting the hang of this interview thing, too. I think so. Yeah. Hear that, John Fanta? We're coming. <laughs> we're coming, John. Oh, are we? Yeah. Are we dropping it now? I guess I just did. <laughs> so uh, I just got to get him to respond to me on LinkedIn again. Yeah. Uh, we're bringing John Fanta on for our next interview, and then a uh, surprise uh, player. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been teasing that for so long. I swear <laughs> we're not lying. It's gonna we're happen. Actually, not, bro. Sports info just moves as slowly as Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I wanted I wanted to say my take of uh, about Jesse uh, on the on the podcast, but I would have gotten I would have gotten flame, man. Oh, you. This guy, been. this guy, is, he's such a ride or die. Oh, you love it though. Yeah, it's you really, love it. It's awesome to see, and, and it's really nice to see him speak so highly of Coach Pat. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's still trying to help him out. It shows how good of a person he is. Man. And fuck everyone who says that Ewing isn't the right guy. Honestly. At you and your <laughs> own <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> words. Yeah. I said he's not going to be the guy to bring us like back to being like a powerhouse. But he culture-wise, it's, it's He's there. changed it. It's there. Yeah, He's changed it. Yeah, Shout out to you, Ewing. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. Um, so when we get you on the podcast, I'll give you a big hug. Yeah. Um, what do you think he would do? Like... In the middle of a podcast, I just went over and gave him a hug. <laughs> he just—I mean, I don't think he'd react because he just—he just kind of look he'd at you. He'd just be like, "Oh, so we're doing hugging now." <laughs> he'd probably say something just really funny, you know. Yeah, I, says yeah. a, says a few words, but what he says is just so on point. Oh, you, you know, know I, mean? I remember Jesse said like my junior year, your sophomore year, so last year. He said, people asked him what his coaching style was. He's like, Big Pat doesn't say everything a lot, but when he says something, you you, you, be, you best be sure it. to listen. Yeah, man. I don't. I feel like, like next time I need a real jolt of motivation in my life, I should just have him come yell at me <laughs> for five minutes. I'd probably cry, but it would be so <laughs> worth it. Dude, yeah, he, you know he'd whip your ass into shape. Oh, honestly. He'd just honestly. be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Straight up. You need that, though. You absolutely do. Yeah. You really, really do. Yeah. And, uh... Honestly, we're blessed that Trey said yes to come on. We really appreciated his honesty, his openness. Um, yeah. Everything he did was really, really, we really appreciate it. Now yeah. we just need him to share it on his social media. Seriously, <laughs> hit him up after. We'll get that. We already gave, we gave him the plug on the handle. Like, I figure he can, he can do a little something. He's absolutely going to yeah, share it. Yeah, yeah. He was great. He was great. Yeah, and really we're rooting for him. Yeah. And every single Hoya fan should yeah. root for him, too. Seriously. Um, With that being game said. Game-wise, well... I mean, game-wise, right, we got – we know what happened at Creighton. I don't think we want to talk about it, but – It's one of those things where you just, like, wash, rinse, repeat. Let's just pray to God it doesn't happen yeah. in March. Yeah, and we got to Paul on Wednesday, which we also need to take care of business at. 
Um, we'll probably crank out another episode after that before mm-hmm. Seton Hall. Yeah. Uh, but we got spring break right around the corner. You got any fun plans? I'm going to Punta Cana. Oh, <laughs> trying to get that tan. I feel that. How's the uh, how's the the beach bod coming? Oh, the beach bod. The beach bod. I, I'm at I'm at 160 now. Okay. So I lost eight pounds okay. from mid January to now. Um, nice. nice. Honestly, I've just come to the fact that this is probably the best I'm going to look, <laughs> and I'm happy with that. Hey, man, dude, the dad bod is in right now, I'm telling you. Hey, man, uh, you know what they say, white Irish guys who look like they have muscle but don't have a six-pack? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all you can't muscle. see with glasses? Yeah, dude, it's all the Guinness, I'm telling you. Dude, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be drinking a lot of Guinness in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that should be fun, though. Yeah, it's and uh, nice for those break. of you interested in broadcasting, keep your heads on a swivel at the Hoya Facebook page. Someone who's sitting to the right of me right now is probably going to be making his debut in the booth. I don't know who you're talking about. Really? Yeah. All right, it might be Carter <laughs> Owen. <laughs> oh, I know that guy. Yeah, you do? Yeah. It's probably going to suck. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with that being said, keep your heads up. There are bluer skies ahead. Yes, um, and we're also going to win the Big East tournament, according to Trey. It, so, in, in, in this year and next, next year. So, yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. I mean, he said it. I mean, if, if we do that, I'll Venmo Trey 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah, we win the Big East tournament this year. I'll Venmo Trey $20. Okay. Trey, so when you're listening, if it happens, just DM me your Venmo. I'll Venmo you 20 yeah, bucks. I'll, I'll join in on that, man. Honestly. So Trey's got... And I'll, I'll let you start managing my finances, too. Because <laughs> you're obviously good at predicting things. Yeah, I'll give you my gambling account. Because <laughs> clearly I, I'm doing something yeah, wrong. Yeah, hey, it's all right. Just avoid it Avoid it when you're on spring break. I know we got a couple games. Oh, right dude, I, I, I'll i probably have to write previews and recaps for them. <laughs> Just don't, no money. Margarita right? on one hand. Yeah. Just pounding away in the laptop. Oh, uh, yeah, man. That sounds like a we good could do a, We could do a phone call podcast. You're in Argentina, <laughs> sipping wine. I got, yeah. a, I got a mojito in my left yeah. hand. Yeah. Oh, Shades on on That'd the be beach. Fun. And we're complaining about the same shit. Oh. Three-point defense. <laughs> Close out shooters. <laughs> Rebound. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Glad we're doing interviews now. Finally, it's awesome. It's a great. Yeah. It's a, it's 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 wonderful. It was great talking to Trey today. Hundred percent. Thank you again, Trey, for coming on. When you hear this, much love, all the way here from the capital of our nation. We all love you. All rooting for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hoya Saxon, folks. Best of luck on midterms this week. Mm-hmm. For those of you who do that stuff. <sighs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hoya Saxon, guys.